Hello and welcome to The Whistler from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Whistler. Presented by the United States Air Forces in Europe. I am the Whistler, and I know many things before I walk by night. I know many strange tales hidden in the hearts of men and women who have stepped into the shadows. Yes, I know the nameless terrors of which they dare not speak. information officer. Ask for USAFE pamphlet 190-1-27 on savings and investments. And now, the Whistler's strange story, The Huntress. Beautiful with a cool, precise mind. And in her late 20s, Anne Barry was unhappy with her position as private secretary to Roger Newhouse, elderly owner of Classics Publishing Incorporated. But three months ago, an unexpected opportunity arrived, didn't it, Anne? Your employer, whose confidence in you has increased with the years, departed on a long-delayed six-month vacation in Europe and left you in charge with full power of attorney to transact business. But things haven't worked out quite as you planned. And one afternoon, after a three-day absence at a publisher's convention, you're surprised when you open the door to your office. Hello, Anne. Well, Mr. Newhouse, I thought you were in Paris. I was, but Mrs. Newhouse wanted to come home, so we planed in yesterday morning. Well, I suppose being home has its advantages. It does, indeed. I, uh, I did my best to take care of things while you were gone, Mr. Newhouse. You certainly did. What do you mean? I examined our accounts yesterday, Anne. Bank statements, canceled checks, everything. I see. Now I'd like to know what you did with more than $9,000 of the firm's money. Well, I bought stock. For the firm? Yes. No, no, not exactly. You see, I... I'll... Sell it in the morning. I can't. Why not? Because, you see, the stock's turned out to be bad. I, I thought... You mean you took advantage of my trust in you to use the firm's money for personal stock speculation? Yes, but I... I'll pay you back, Mr. Newhouse, if you just give me a chance. Oh. I'll, uh, I'll go back home to California. I have an aunt there. She's, she's always planned to leave me her money. I'm, I'm sure if I can talk to her, she'll help me. Besides, I have friends there I'm sure will help me. Just give me two months, that's all I ask. I shouldn't, Anne, but I'm going to. I'd like a ticket to Las Vegas on the 11 o'clock flight. Yes, ma'am. You don't know exactly why you chose Las Vegas yourself, do you? But you had to go somewhere. 
And there's something about Las Vegas that intrigues you, especially its atmosphere of chance. You hope to meet some of your former husbands, old friends there who might help you. Perhaps find a new and wealthy romantic interest. Possibly even find luck at the table. You have nearly $1,800 you managed to scrape together before you left the East. And if necessary, you'll risk it all. A little at a time. Won't you, Ed? For a few days, nothing of importance happened. And then one night in one of the casinos, as you're sitting at the bar... Here you are, miss. Got you over right. But I haven't ordered another. Compliments of the gentleman at the end of the bar. Oh, which one? Wearing horn-rimmed glasses. Oh, the young man. Got anything against you? Too much, yeah. Anyway, thank him for me. <laughs> you better do that yourself. Good evening. You don't waste any time, do you? Not if I can help it. Thanks for the drink. That's okay. <laughs> Aren't you going to ask me to sit down? All right, but you can't stay too long. I'm expecting someone else. I wish you were waiting for me. Do you? Yeah. Well, to you, the mysterious lady in black. And to you, the very young man in the herringbone tweed. Tell me about yourself, eh? There's something about you... Now, you're trying too hard, Herringbone. As I told you, I'm expecting someone. I had kind of hoped... Well, never mind. So I'll toddle along, huh? So long. Goodbye. Mm, another drink, miss? No, I'm still on this one. Who was that young man, anyway? You don't know? No. He's Mark Bradford of Los Angeles. He's only got a couple of million. His mother left it to him. His father, Anthony Bradford's got plenty, too. How interesting. But you were waiting for a guy. Oh, oh you again. Don't you know better than to startle somebody like that out here in the dark? I'm sorry. Sorry if I seem rude, but I guess you have to take it out on somebody. What do you mean? Well, nothing. It's an old story. I don't want to bore you with it. <sighs> don't worry about that. Well, I was in love. I wanted to get married. Have a home and children. He just wasn't interested. Maybe you're better off. Well, why do you say that? Because I know what the other side of the coin looks like. I'm getting married next month. You're not in love with her? No. Never was, really. Well, then why in the world? Oh, because I can't tell her, that's all. Not after all these years, it would kill her. Let's skip it, huh? What about doing this town, forgetting it all? What do you say? Well, I don't know. We, we don't even know each other's names. Well, let's keep it that way. We can pour out our hearts to each other and no harm done. Huh? Come on, let's go. Two little black sheep off on a spree. All right. I'm on. This time it is our last night, Lady in Black. I've got to leave in the morning. So you said. I hate leaving you. Oh, if I could only tell Cynthia. Hey, excuse me. Uh, I'm Joe Bartlett, West Coast News columnist at Bradford. I know who you are, but I... Uh... Don't know who the lady is. Does it concern you, Winnie? 
When a young millionaire whose engagement to the very social Cynthia Van Runkle has been announced and is seen as often as you've been seen around Las Vegas with a beautiful and mysterious lady in black, it's a legitimate interest to a newspaper man, Mr. Bradford. Forget it. We're just chance acquaintances. And the lady doesn't care to divulge her name? The lady definitely does not. <laughs> uh, we'll just call you the uh, lady in black. I asked you to forget it. Sure, 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 Mr. Bradford. It's forgotten. But it's not forgotten as far as you're concerned, is it, Anne? Nor is it farewell. No, you're certain that if you handle things wisely, you can become Mrs. Mark Bradford. That some moonlit evening before too long, the stage can easily be set for a quick elopement to Arizona. You remain in Las Vegas for a few days after Mark leaves for Los Angeles. And then you do likewise. On your arrival, you register at the Mid-City Hotel... And a few days later, as you're glancing through the newspaper... Cynthia Van Ronkel, to be chief hostess at annual charity fair, urges public to attend. Huh. Next Tuesday. Thanks, Cynthia. It'll be nice seeing your boyfriend again. <laughs> Carl Van Ronkel, Miss Barry, my, my fiancé's wedding. Oh, I do. am pleased. You know Cynthia? I'm sorry, I've never had the pleasure. Oh. Well, haven't I seen you someplace before, Miss Barry? I don't think so. Ever been to Europe? No. Oh, the, the orchestra. Carl, you will excuse us, won't you? I'd like to dance with Miss Barry. Oh, surely. Go right ahead. So your name is Ann Barry? Mm-hmm. Again, makes everything even tougher. You're going through with your marriage? Yes, Anne, I have to. Oh, good luck. But I think you're being unfair to Cynthia. Well, I'm trying not to be. That's why. She'd I... prefer to know now rather than after the wedding. She'll survive. I did. You know, Anne, I believe you're right. Of course I'm right. I can only tell Cynthia right away tonight. You've got to tell her pretty soon, Marco. I'll make up your mind to marry her and forget everyone else, including you. Including me. Try to tell her this evening. If you succeed, Mark, you can find me at the Mid City Hotel. In spite of what he told you, you're not at all certain that Mark will break his engagement to Cynthia Van Runkel, are you, Anne? No. Mark is very susceptible to his companion of the moment. And you feel sure that once he's with Cynthia again, he'll soften and lack the nerve to break off with her. But you're still confident, aren't you, Anne? And the following afternoon in your hotel room, you get what seems like an unexpected touch of good fortune. Hello? Miss Barry? Yes? This is Joe Parker, news columnist. Remember me? I met you in Las Vegas as the uh, lady in black. Yes, I remember you. 
How did you learn where I was staying, Mr. Bartlett? Easy. I just asked Mark Bradford. I see. Well, what is it, Mr. Bartlett? I'm uh, still wondering about uh, you and young Bradford. We're just good friends, that's all. Oh. Real good friends? Well, uh, yes, you could say that, I suppose. What about his uh, fiancée? Well, what about... I've uh, heard rumors that Mark was breaking his engagement to marry another woman. How interesting. Any idea who the uh, other woman might be? Oh, now, really, Mr. Barnett, I don't even know that Mark is breaking his engagement. But if he is, if the rumor is true, could the other woman be you? It could be almost anyone, couldn't it? <laughs> could it that? Well, uh, thanks, Miss Barry. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Bartlett. You smile to yourself as you sit back and wait for development. And they're not long in coming, are they, Anne? Exactly as you hoped, Joe Bartlett carries a big story in his rumor column next morning. And late in the afternoon, you get a phone call from Mark and arrange to meet him at a small, out-of-the-way cocktail lounge. A few minutes after your arrival, you learn that the reporter, Joe Bartlett, accomplished even more than you'd hoped for. So you told Cynthia. After that newspaper story, what else could I do? She asked me point blank how I felt about you. How did she take you? Terribly. Cried like a child. Not the worst of it. Our, our friends are off of me. My father was so shocked he could hardly speak. Sorry? No. No, now that it's out, I'm, I'm glad. I'm in love with you, Anne, and I intend to marry you soon. <laughs> oh, incidentally, Dad wants to talk to you. I, I told him you'd come to the house and see him late tomorrow afternoon. Is that okay? Uh, okay. said you wanted to visit with me, Mr. Bradford. Yes, I do. Naturally, I'd like to get acquainted with a young lady my son thinks he wants to marry. Thinks he wants to marry? Let's say he's sure he wants to marry you. But you're not sure he should. I'm open-minded, my dear. Well, I'm ready for the cross-examination. Shall we proceed? Oh, oh, oh. We've plenty of time, my dear. First of all, I'd like to show you the house. I'm especially proud of my gun room and quick freezer. Quick freezer? Yes, I bought it after the war. Surplus. I do a lot of hunting, like to freeze my birds, wild game, and so forth. Eat them when the mood strikes me. And Mark told me you were quite a hunter. One of my two pet hobbies. Shortwave radio is the other. Oh, incidentally, it's almost time for the McTavish's call. McTavish? Yeah. An old Scotchman and far away Zanzibar. We contacted each other accidentally some years ago. Been kidding each other ever since. Oh. Come along, Miss Barry. I'll even show you Mark's old nursery. Hmm. Six o'clock. I use the clock radio to turn on my shortwave set. McTavish will be on any second now. Calling W6XBYUSA. This is VQ1XR on Zanzibar. Calling 
W6XBY. Excuse me, those are my call letters coming over the shortwave set. Calling W6XBY. This is VQ1XR Vendabar. Over. VQ1XR. This is W6XBY calling. Standing by. Come in, Mac. What in blazes took you so long to answer your call letters, Bradford? You're getting deep in your old age? I can hear your creaking well enough. You're broadcasting on the wrong frequency, McTavish. Why don't you fix your set? Over. It's your receiver that's off. How's your reception? Clear as crystal. How's mine? Uh, I can hear you fine. If you only had anything to say. Well, I'm not saying much to you tonight. I'm busy. I've got a visitor. She's young and pretty, too. Mull over that, McTavish. W6XBY signing off. And clear. Oh, 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 oh. For two men who've never met, McTavish and I are great friends. Well, let's be serious for a few minutes, shall we, Mr. Perry? Of course. I, uh... Well, Carl Van Ronkel, Cynthia's brother, you know, seems very certain that you are not all you seem to be. Frankly, I'm checking into your background. I'll have your full history in a week or so. You have to move quickly, don't you, Anne? It's now or never, isn't it? The time for the moonlit tete-a-tete and elopement can't be postponed any longer. Not even another day, can it? That evening, you suggest a long drive. And finally park high in the hill. A myriad of lights dancing beneath you. It's beautiful down there. It's almost sad, isn't it? Yes, it does seem sort of sweetly sad. Mark, are you... Are you sorry about us, I mean? Of course not, darling. Are you? In a way. Why? Because I don't like this having to justify my existence. Your father investigating me, all that sort of thing. Well, darling, it's only natural that Dad it's would It's only be natural to want to be trusted by the man you love, too. But the way things are, I feel like a slave on an auction oh, block. You, you either can't. love me and want to marry me, or you don't, Mark. Now, which is it? You know I love you. Then you'll marry me now, tonight. But then it's yes. We'll fly to Yuma tonight. Early next morning, you're married by a justice of the peace in Yuma. That evening, you write Mr. Newhouse, telling him of your good fortune and assuring him you'll soon return the $9,000 you embezzled. Now you're certain you've won your biggest gamble, aren't you, Anne? On your return from Yuma, you move into Mark's apartment, where you plan to remain until you find just the house you want. But late one afternoon, a few days after your return, Mark phones you that he's attending the annual dinner of his college alumni and won't be home until late evening. A few minutes later, his father phones and asks most urgently that you drive out to his house. I appreciate your coming in. It's the helps out that off. And it's just as well that what we have to say to each other be kept strictly between us. I have some correspondence in my desk drawer. I haven't shown it to anyone yet. I hope I don't have to. But I'd like for you to read it. I'll get it for you. Can't you just tell me what it's all about? If you prefer... It seems that the things that Carl Van Ronkel said about you are all true. 
and many other things. And what do you plan to do about it? I'm going to give you a chance to exit gracefully. How much money does exit gracefully mean? Not a cent. Oh, you forget I'm Mark Bradford's wife, and when a man of his wealth wants to uh, dispose of his wife, the courts usually make him pay rather heavily for that privilege. Not when the marriage is fraudulent. Fraudulent? Exactly. You made the mistake of lying on your marriage license. You swore that you'd never been married before. That's perjury. And I'm sure the marriage can be quickly annulled. I don't think Mark will want the marriage annulled. After all, he is an adult. After he reads these reports, he'll never want to see you again. He's not going to see them, Father Bradford. See what? You shouldn't have opened that desk drawer when you picked up those reports. I noticed this revolver and I decided to use it if I had to. You're mad. Give them to me, please. You'll never get away with it. I'll get copies. I doubt it. Now start walking toward the rear of the house. No, not a step. Would you rather I pull the trigger? You wouldn't dare. Everyone would know it was you. I don't think so. You see, it would be an accident. We were here alone. You thought you heard someone. You grabbed the gun out of the drawer, tripped over this footstool. I tried to keep you from falling, seized your arm, and the gun went off accidentally. With the evidence that would come out against you, no jury in the world would believe you. I think they might. Where are you taking me? To that quick freezer behind the house you showed me. I noticed it was a walk-in. You were considerate enough to explain that the lock was automatic. But there's an emergency button inside. Elston, my button... Won't hear it. He isn't here. Neither is the cook or gardener. This is their night out. Then, please, I... I'm sure they won't be back much before midnight. It's only a little after six o'clock. Just a few hours will be Ah, news to me. You don't realize... I realize if you'd stayed out of Mark's affairs, we'd have all been quite happy. Well, now it's too late. You got trapped in your freezer while you were alone at home. It happens occasionally. I've read about it in the papers. Once the freezer door closes on the elderly Mr. Bradford, you breathe more easily, don't you, Anne? You remain outside the freezer for nearly an hour, but as its poundings and entreaties grow weaker and finally stop entirely, you decide to return home. As the hours pass and nothing happens, you're certain your problems are solved. You smile as you await Mark's return from his college dinner. Then, at a little before 11 o'clock... This is Ann Bradford? Yes? I'm Detective Lieutenant Graves of Homicide. Homicide? That's right. Won't you come in? Thank you. Why the late visit, Lieutenant, has anything... I'm sorry, Mrs. Bradford, but you're under arrest. Arrest? What for? I... The attempted murder of your father-in-law. I, you, you... He didn't die in that freezer, Mrs. Bradford. We got to him in the nick of time, and he told us the whole story. How, how did you... We got a tip from Washington over what? our teletype. Sounded like a joke. We decided to search the premises anyway, and we heard that freezer buzzing. Washington, I, I don't see how... The radio what? monitor there picked up a short wave message from abroad. Here, I'll read it to you. W6XBY, Anthony Bradford, has just missed his first short wave appointment in many years. The old buzzard must be either sick or dead. Please investigate immediately. Thank you, VQ1XR McTavish. Zanzibar. The Whistler. Listen next week when once again the United States Air Forces in Europe present 
The Whistler.